Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Resilient Health Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Darren Ingalls, and joining me on the podcast today is my friend and colleague, Dr. Eric Zielinski. Dr. Zielinski is a chiropractic physician. He is an author, best-selling author, educator, uh, just all-around great guy, and he's the author of The Healing Power of Essential Oils, and I think the co-author with your wife, right, on Essential Oils Diet and an expert in essential oils. So today, I think we're going to hone in and talk a lot about essential oils. So Dr. Z, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. It is an honor and a privilege and um, absolutely love your work. And this is going to be a fun topic because, you know, essential oils have definitely hit the peak of the craziness. And you're seeing now essential oils in Walmart for crying out loud. And and when the, when when a health topic hits mainstream like that, I think it brings up a lot of awareness and there's a lot of things out there that we need to clarify and also educate. So wonderful, wonderful topic. And I'm blessed to be here. You know, it's funny. I, I think about the old days of essential oils. I think we used to all think of the hippies wearing you know. the flea. And, you know, <laughs> yes, exactly what I tell people. Walking to some new age shop, they're like, oh, yeah. you got to try this essential oil. But- you know. No, there, there's so much science behind it. And I think that's what people don't understand yeah. is, you know, these plant medicines have been used for really centuries, uh, you know, thousands of years, actually. And they've got so much research on what they do biochemically. So, you know, for those who maybe aren't in the know, can you just talk a little bit, you know, what are these essential oils? Man, I've been asked that question. I can't tell you how many hundreds of times over the last decade of doing this. And I want to start with something that I hope is more of an, uh, a jaw dropper. I'm trying that, right? I'm, I'm let, letting you know what I'm doing ahead of time. Um, the basis of every medicine on the planet, every pharmaceutical comes from plant chemistry. And that plant chemistry is are the essential oils. And that's important because it's not like a pharmacist or chemist has a vision or a dream where you combine nitrogen and hydrogen and oxygen and carbon in a certain way to produce a chemical that produces a physiological response. It doesn't work like that. Um, and the best example is what happened years ago when our ancestors somehow, I mean, really, and, and as a Christian, I have an easy job when it comes to a lot of things. You know, I'm a public health researcher, right? I'm in public health school and I have my chiropractic degree. So I, I'm evidence-based through and through. And so when we can't answer something as a Christian, the easy answer is, well, this is how God did it. So I don't know why, but our ancestors, for some reason, went to the willow tree and they said, well, let's experiment. Let's look at the willow bark and see if that could help us somehow, some way. And throughout centuries and thousands of years, our ancestors have used willow bark for its analgesic pain relieving property. And there's a chemical in willow bark. Um, in the methyl salicylate family. And it's a, it's a salicylin that has a direct anti-inflammatory pain-relieving property. Two, three, 400 years ago, doctors were making salves and pulses and, and ointments based off of that to help with pain. Well, some really, really smart person about 100 years ago started to experiment with that. And they said, well, what if we could manufacture this in an easier way to consume? And through a variety of different processes, we have now what people know as aspirin. And that's literally the history of aspirin and the chemical structure based off of it. But the difference is compared to willow, which again, I believe we've been designed by God to interact with plants in a way that works with our biochemistry. Um, the, 
problem is when you manufacture something and you synthetically produce it, the body doesn't have a true mechanism to completely me metabolize these chemicals and interact with them. And there's always going to be some sort of adverse reaction. And so that's where you go to your pharmacist or your pharmacy and you look up any, any over-the-counter drug or pharmaceutical prescribed drug, and you're always going to see a list of potential adverse reactions. Those are the side effects. And that's just because our body cannot properly metabolize and interact with chemicals in the way that we can in nature. Compare that to nature. Compare that to the essential oil. There are zero side effects. They will be completely metabolized within an hour and a half, two hours of consuming or using them. The only risk is if you misuse them or if you, a rare case of being allergic. Like there is no warning label on your orange. There is no warning label on your kale. You're allergic to it or you're not. You like it or you don't. Just be safe. But you know what? If you were to eat 25 oranges and you probably couldn't anyway, you couldn't stomach it, you might get sick, right? You might vomit. Like you were not, be wise. But consuming plant-based matter in its proper form has zero side effects unless, of course, you might be allergic to something or whatever. That's the context to essential oils. And there's a long history. So just like our ancestors used willow bark, we have find and through ancient scriptures, I mean, just the Bible talking about aromatic ointments and incense through Ayurvedic medicine and every culture from the beginning of civilization have used plants for healing. And the key is this, the essential oil in the plant is what makes the plant healing. It, there, it, there are no nu nutritive properties to essential oils. There's no vitamins or minerals. There's no fiber. They're antioxidant-rich biochemical compounds, and they help your body facilitate healing. They're what wards off vectors like viruses and bacteria. It's what keeps the plant healthy. And when you extract them, and this is the thing about essential oils and why I found that they're so impactful for my life, is nothing on the market will give you as a medicinal of effect. Literally, you're going to have to consume like five tablespoons, who could, of cinnamon powder to get the same effect as two drops of cinnamon. Why? Because you extract the essential oil through steam distillation. And just to kind of paint the picture here, it takes roughly three pounds of lavender flowers. Three pounds. Like just conceptualize that. Like just, just, like one le one petal, like it's, how do you measure that? Three pounds of lavender flowers to equal one 15 milliliter bottle of essential oil. That's an extreme amount of plant matter. And that's just lavender. There's no way for anyone to consume that in one sitting, even your best supplement. Rarely you'll ever find a supplement having the same medicinal effect because a supplement literally extracts out and it's dehydrated. The, the essential oil is not even part of the supplement itself. So you'll find like medicinally speaking, nothing on the planet is as potent in the natural world as the essential oil. And it's something that I'm encouraging people to re-invite back into their lifestyle or invite into their lifestyle if they want medicine. And for me, when I had my health transformation, my medicine cabinet was empty. I didn't know what to do for pain, inflammation, nausea, whatever it might look like. There's so many different things, infection. And so essential oils started for me and my wife to help give us literal medicine. And then we realized, oh, 
essential oils are everywhere. Like, what do you think flavors your food? What do you think you smell when you put on your 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 body cream or you spray your poo-poo spray? Like what's in textiles and building materials? Like it's like all over the place. And then you start to realize, oh, these things are ubiquitous. Commerce uses them. Pharmacies, you, you know, pharmaceutical industry uses them. And once you start to look, and, and one thing my wife and I do, and we've done this for years, is we look at our life and we try to, we try to consider what are we exposing ourselves that could be hurting us, like toxins, right, chemicals. And one by one by one, we've transferred everything in our house to be non-toxic, everything from our laundry detergent to the baby powder that goes on the baby's bottom. And it's we found that essential oils have been a key part of that transformation, let alone giving us medicine. So for us, essential oils have been very empowering. And we have ultimate umpteen amount of stories, not only from the thousands of people that read our books and follow our classes and share us how essential oils have changed their life, but from our friends and family and us as well, because they really have empowered us to take care of our own health so that we really don't have to run to the doctor for every sniffle and ache or sprain. That may be the best explanation I heard of essential oils in talking with anyone. Uh, I mean, that was fantastic. And I, I, I love your point that, you know, again, so much of what's in conventional medicine really, again, is derived from these plant substances. People just don't, don't realize it. And of course, to make a drug a drug and to patent a drug, you have to change nature to have something that's patentable. You can't patent nature. So when you start deviating, like you mentioned white willow bark and using, you know, aspirin, it's like, yeah, you can't get a patent on white willow bark, but you can get a patent on, well, at least the, back in the day, a patent on aspirin. But, you know, these drug companies are incentivized to tweak mother nature to have something that's marketable and sellable. But when you look at clinical efficacy, you know, we've got these things, I said, that, that God and mother nature's provided to, to heal us. But I think there's so many people, again, that they just not familiar with essential oils and not really sure how I use them. You know, what, what kind of clinical indications would be helpful for people who might want to start using essential oils in their own life? Yeah. Yeah. And good question. And last I checked was, was yesterday, by the way, because I actually just taught a live masterclass on this topic. And I re and I looked, there's over 29,100 clinical trials that have, or research studies that have discussed and evaluated essential oil efficacy published by PubMed alone, let alone all the non-indexed or non-PubMed indexed journals in the world. So what I do, and maybe a little bit different than other folks is I'm a public health researcher first and foremost. So when I write books and teach, I always base what I can off of the evidence that we have available to us. And one thing too, by the way, as a disclaimer, I don't sell the essential oil. So one thing I learned in public health school is the main red flag that researchers have is any sort of financial bias. That's why you always have to have a disclaimer while well, we were funded by, or I am getting paid by. I come as a complete free agent and I will not, cannot recommend a brand. I will teach you how to find a good brand, but we're completely brand neutral. And that gives me the freedom to literally talk about what the research shares. So when it comes to clinical efficacy, my last book, uh, the essential oils apothecary covers the the primary chronic diseases that are not only put people at most risk of dying, 
but more importantly, and not that death isn't important, but robs people of health and life. And and maybe I don't want to get too deep or too personal, but a lot of us, I think, know people that are the living dead. Um, they're just barely getting by. And, and, you know, yes, we, we thank God for medicine, keeping people alive, but there's a lot of people out there with no lifeblood in them. And they're just alive by virtue of taking space, but there's nothing. They're in bed all day. There's no cognitive ability. People, you know, whether or not they cannot interact with their family, they don't experience love or joy. Like they have no reason to live, but they're alive. Like that, those situations grip at my heart. And I don't know, I'm not in that situation. And I don't know if I would choose to choose that over then just, you know, let me go as nature would take me. But when I consider chronic disease, there's a lot of people that fall in that category, even like everyday people that are dealing with chronic pain, migraines, like that debilitates you, that robs your ability to just interact with people and perform and do anything. So my last book covered everything, Doc, from Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, epilepsy, bone and health disorders, um, cancer, libido, erectile dysfunction, stress, anxiety, diabetes, like in depth. And all those I mentioned have dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of clinical trials to substantiate how plant chemistry, specifically essential oils can help. And so it really is. And, and the thing about it, I want to point out, essential oils aren't a panacea. And that's why to answer the question that you asked me, what are they? Well, I had to set the stage because they're the basis for all medicine today. So with that meaning, then you could extract and you could use isolated compounds from each essential oil to treat the body for a specific thing. And so let's take an example of depression. This is, I would say an easy one to, to manage or at least help with. But when you have a chemical like D-limonene, which is a known anti-inflammatory chemical and orange oil has a rich concentration of D-limonene, you know that you can have a, uh, a direct um, response to the body through um, reducing inflammation, through triggering the body to produce serotonin or dopamine. And the thing about aromatherapy is specifically through inhalation is the sense of smell is the only sense in the body that's hardwired to the brain. Every other sense needs to be relayed or interpreted through the thalamus known as a thalamic relay. So for example, um, when's the last time, think about the last time you hurt yourself. Maybe you stubbed your toe or you cut yourself with a knife, let's say, you know, chopping up some vegetables for your healthy salad. Oftentimes, you'll notice, you go back to that moment, you didn't experience or inter interpret that pain immediately. It was like a split second. And a split second, like, oh, I hurt myself. Ooh, that hurt afterwards. You see that delay in children. Like I have a baby and baby just fell down and, um, you know, knocked his head against a corner of a table and not hard, but a little, you know, a, a little red mark. And it literally took my baby five seconds to start crying. It, it was that slow of a response for the like, ooh, I hurt myself and the input output relay in the brain. All that to say is all of our senses need to be interpreted and responding appropriately, not the sense of smell. The sense of smell, when you inhale something, it's immediate. The interaction between your nasal mucosa and the olfactory system goes right hardwired to the limbic system in your brain where your mood, your memory, your emotions, and your autonomic function is controlled. That's why if you smell something, an aroma, you're, is oftentimes associated with a memory 
if the memory was strong enough and triggers the exact emotion that you experience when you first smell that smell. And I always bring the example of my first girlfriend. And it's funny, not funny, but you know, as much as I loved Becky when I was 18 years old and hot to trot for her, I don't necessarily think of Becky unless I'm teaching and I'm teaching. I always use this example because even to this day, now 25 years later, if I walk past a woman who has the same or wearing the same perfume that Becky was wearing 25 years ago, I immediately think of her and I have those same emotions that I did when I was 25 years old. And that is the power of smell through the limbic system, through aromatherapy, essentially, which is why so many people associate Thanksgiving dinner um, with happy family and smells and the turkeys and the gravies and the pumpkin pie and coffee. You walk into someone's home during a holiday celebration. And if you have a good memory of that, the strong, the smell is so strong and potent, it will literally trigger not just the memory of, but the actual emotional experience, which includes a physiological response, dopamine, serotonin, or it could be a fight or flight response with cortisol if there was any sort of traumatic event associated with the smell. And we see that a lot with women who unfortunately are, or are victims of abuse at the hands of a male or a female, whomever might be. And let's say a common example is roses. So imagine a situation where a woman goes on a date, a guy gives her roses, she gets abused. She could very well associate the smell of roses with abuse and that post-traumatic experience will live with her for the rest of her life because it's hardwired to her brain to associate a smell with danger unless she goes through significant emotional recall healing. Like this is real stuff. And this is just emotions and smell let alone autonomic heart rate, breathing rate, and other things. So the power of olfactory system cannot be, and that's just one aspect of the essential oil, is inhaling it. But essential oil are transdermal, which means they penetrate into the cellular level. So very similar, and this was harder to explain a decade ago because there wasn't as much, exam or there weren't as many examples, but you know, people understand transdermal patches a lot better than what they did again years ago. You could get pain patches now, nicotine patches. There's a patch for everything, it seems. Well, there's a reason for that. The skin is a sponge and the skin will absorb a significant amount of chemicals when you're exposed to it. So when you apply essential oils on your skin, research has shown within minutes, the chemicals in the essential oil could be detected in the bloodstream. But here's the cool thing. After 20 minutes, the max concentration of the essential oil is found. But after an hour and a half, two hours, it's gone. Like completely metabolized. The body knows what to do with this stuff. But that means you have to consistently apply something two, three, four times a day, giving yourself a four-hour stretch between doses if you want to treat your body. So that's another way is topical application. Um, the most aggressive, I would use the word aggressive because it's only used if you want for medicinal purposes in a higher dose is through a gel capsule and you can consume the essential oil. There's umpteen amount of research studies showing that even oils like peppermint, for example, um, three to six drops of consuming peppermint in like an enteric coated, um, polymer coated time release capsule can help with SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, IBS, leaky gut, um, and other, other strategies can help a variety of ways too. But if you want the max dosage of essential oils, you need to consume it. And there's safety recommendations. And of course, I cover all of that stuff in my classes and books, but just know like this is medicine. Um, but take a step back. And one thing is that, like I talked about our life being transformed, I call this the essential oil lifestyle. 
Like, what do you think flavors your Coca-Cola or your favorite Dr. Zevia or whatever it might be? It's an essential oil blend or a proprietary blend of fake essential oil. So whether any food you consume has natural or artificial flavoring, the difference is your Coca-Cola doesn't have 15 drops of oil in the can. It's like micro doses per million of drops. So all that to say, if you want a nice, gentle culinary dose that will help your body improve immune function, give you a minor like little stimulant, a minor dopamine hit, you could put a drop of orange oil in your good morning smoothie, vegetable smoothie, and buzz that thing up. That's a great way of consuming essential oils in a safe, effective manner. And I do the same thing. I make a morning latte with matcha. I love matcha green tea. And but you always want to have a fatty substance whenever you use essential oils to dilute them, especially when you apply them topically. So when you consume them, just don't put a drop of oil in water. You're literally you're consuming that undiluted and that could hurt your throat, your esophagus. Don't do that. But if you got coconut oil or almond milk or some fatty substance with your latte, you mix that up. It dilutes the essential oil. It adds a wonderful flavor punch. But more importantly, I like to use oils like cinnamon bark, which has been shown to increase insulin sensitivity, decrease sugar cravings, help balance blood sugar, Peppermint, one drop of cinnamon, one drop of peppermint in my latte is, I love it. Peppermint is a known um, um, energy booster and increases VO2 max and increases your, your respiratory rate, your athletic performance. It's, it's a wonderful stimulant in a natural way. So this is just like, I just threw at you several different ways of how you can use essential oils, but want to paint the picture that really the sky is the limit and there is no health condition that we know of that cannot be benefited by incorporating essential oils one way or another, even if it all end with this, even if it's at the roundabout way of trying to reduce inflammation. And a mutual colleague and friend of ours, Dr. Tom O'Brien, enlightened me with a comment that really struck me because we hear incorrectly that inflammation is the root cause of XY disease. He's like, no, no, no. Inflammation, Dr. Tom told me, and it's so common sense. I, I, you know, thank God for, for mentors and thank God for smart guys too, right? We need to encourage each other. It was so common sense. I'm like, why did I think of that? He goes, inflammation is the root mechanism. But what caused the inflammation? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. right? Is it a noxious thought? Is it a chemical? Is it the food you're eating? Of course, Dr. Tom is all about gluten. Right, me, it's all about parabens and thalabins and phthalates and all that stuff, like all chemicals. Like what causes the inflammation? Well, that's a root cause issue we gotta discuss. But in the meantime, if you have inflammation in your life and who doesn't nowadays, essential oils are fantastic to help with that. And so how do you incorporate essential oils into your life? And, and if someone like even has MS, like there is no direct association with how to use essential oils to cure MS. But you know what? If someone's struggling with an autoimmune condition like MS or eczema, psoriasis, or you name it, and in inflammation is an issue, well, incorporating essential oils throughout your body, especially those rich in D-limonene and, and cineol and other chemicals in the plants can help reduce your inflammatory burden that could help someone reduce symptoms and improve their quality of life with a disease that we quite frankly don't even know how the essential oil can help treat directly, but indirectly, they can help with a lot of things. 
Well, I think that's the beauty of plant medicine, right? Is that it's got such broad applications. And because plants are chemically complex, then they do so many different things for the body. I mean, we talk a lot about inflammation, but they promote better blood flow. They reduce histamine. They, They help facilitate healing. So, you know, this is where we can even get into mix and matching, you know, different blends of essential oils, right? That it's not like you're just using one and you can do one, two, three, you talk about your latte with, you know, the cinnamon, the peppermint, but we can apply different plants to get various therapeutic effects. So we're not, we're not strapped down to only having to use one. And I know a lot of the companies out there, you know, they make individual essential oils, but you'll also find a lot of blends that are again, trying to achieve a specific therapeutic goal. Yes. And, and you sharing that makes me think of the adaptogenic nature of essential oils and, and what essential oils are extracted from very much so are adaptogenic plants, which help your body adapt to its environment to bring healing. So it's a very vitalistic philosophy where we bring healing from the inside out. We're giving our body what our body needs. So if you're going to expose your body to a chemical in your body care, for example, that's going to put your that's going to heighten your immune function. That's going to burden your metabolism. And that's going to hurt you versus of the flip approach where it's like, let me give something that's going to actually help facilitate healing and give my body what it needs to take care of itself. And so when you look at that, yes, we tap in to the adaptogenic harmonization aspect. And by the way, there's researchers who use that word. Ylang-Lang, for example, is known as an, a harmonizer for people. There was a study based off of um, um, heart disease risk factors, primarily blood pressure. And whether or not someone had low or high blood pressure, being exposed to Ylang-Lang aromatherapy helped balance their blood pressure. Well, how does that, how does that happen? I thought I was told I have to take a drug to raise it or a drug to lower it. Yeah, that's how drugs work. But adaptogenic herbs help your body reach homeostasis. And some people, they're hypotensive. They need to increase their blood pressure to be healthy. And a Lang Lang will help you do that. Why? We do not know the exact mechanism. I just say by the grace of God, that's how plants are created. But that's that's the nature of what adaptogenic herbs are. And they will help people do. So yes, there is. Uh, it's wonderful when you start to look at how they work synergistically. And you alluded to that very strongly with your blend discussion because researchers have now looked at certain blends. And if you're taking notes at this point, if you want the master blend and how to like, beat the flu, um, cold, but in all the other viruses and other things that are coming our way. One research study evaluated an immune boosting blend that literally killed the flu virus in vitro. And every company, whether it's a multi-level marketing company or one of your favorite suppliers online, they all have their version of their immune boosting blend. And I'm going to give it to you. So if you wanted a, I mean, a quick way of incorporating blends into your life, you could easily buy one that's pre-made easiest thing to do, but you're actually paying them for the cost of doing that work for you, which, okay, I get it. No problem with that. But if you wanted to try your own, my wife and I have compiled hundreds of different blends based off of the research and also just trial and error and just things that we like. But one blend that we highly encourage people to incorporate, and it just smells yummy. It tastes great with food and it helps boost immune function and helps ward off environmental threats like viruses, bacteria, and fungi is an equal mixture of clove, cinnamon bark, eucalyptus, lemon, orange, and rosemary. And the easiest thing to do is if you don't even know where to start, like let's say, how do I make my own blend? Well, you you get an empty bottle 
And um, this bottle here that I'm showing is about a 30 milliliter bottle. Well, you equally can put 15 to 20 drops of those oils in this bottle and likely shake it up. And you have now a synergistic blend of essential oils that have been shown clinically to help kill the flu virus and other things. And that's as simple as, you know, I get, I've been to aromatherapy school. There's layering, there's high notes, low notes, middle notes of aromatherapists are listening. I get it. I've gone through it, but let's make this accessible to the average person who doesn't want to go to aromatherapy school. So the reality is you can mix and match and we try to offer you suggestions because research has suggested when you blend certain essential oils, when you combine certain chemicals together, they actually have a synergistic approach, which means that they work more potently together than they do independently. And that's the beauty. If you're a Disney Marvel fan, like my family and I were back in the Avengers days, you know, Iron Man can kick butt on his own and Captain America can help with a threat and Thor is great for his own thing. But with ultimate domination and you have Thanos, all of them need to come together because one individual is not powerful enough. And that's essentially what synergistic effect of blending essential oils and quite frankly, supplementation and other herbs and spices do. It's wonderful. And I don't want to say you can't go wrong you can only benefit. Like you can't combine two things and have like, I'm thinking of a you remember science biology class when we were in high school. If you combine two things, something could blow up or you don't have that risk of combining plant chemicals and have something explode. Um, you only have the benefit of having them be synergistic. It's not like they'll counteract each other, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, very safe, very effective. Oh, that's a great tip. You know, coming into cold flu season, of course, COVID still floating out there too. Uh, that's a great little easy, simple tool that the whole family can enjoy. And uh, again, it's a, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. That sounds delicious. I'm going to have to try it myself, but something that you can use topically. And again, I like the fact, again, you can smell these things. People, it, it sounds so, I think unrealistic that I can just smell it and that that's going to help. It just doesn't seem to register because I'm not taking it in. I'm not eating it. I'm not putting it down my throat. How can it possibly help? Like you said, that direct uh, contact with the olfactory bulb is enough that has a direct effect on the brain. And I can imagine, you know, someone like me with MS and other people with neurodegenerative disease. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to use it that way to try and get that direct connection to the brain to start stimulating that change internally right in the nervous system? You know, it just makes so much biological sense. People respond to aromatherapy in comas. I mean, the body doesn't stop working and it's powerful. Like people have been able to not waken out of a coma because of it. But, you know, one question I can maybe hear, and I oftentimes get this question is, um, what if I don't have a sense of smell? Well, good question. The physiological benefits are undeniable. You will still have the physiological ramification of inhaling, but you won't get necessarily the emotional. You won't get like, oh, I remember grandma or, oh, my girlfriend or, ooh, that bad situation. You won't get that, but you still will get the physiological trigger of the neurotransmitters and hormones being released or balanced or whatever it might be based off of that. So yes, that is proven too. So even though you don't have a sense of smell, still use aromatherapy. And that's another thing people don't realize is just, if there's one thing, there's one thing I could convince the world to do you listening right now, especially at this point of the game, like how long have we been talking? Like, I hope you're sold on this idea. At least you're, you're interested enough to hear us out. There's one thing I can convince you to do is to limit 
if not completely omit your exposure to artificial fragrances. Aerosols, poo-poo sprays, plugins, first and foremost. Then you start, that's easy. Then you go to candles. Like, you know, people have a love affair with candles and smells. Last, if I'm exposed to an artificial fragrant candle, which I am because I go to people's homes, I immediately start to have nasal drainage. Oftentimes I'll get a headache, I'll get nauseous. My body is so insensitive of it. And dare I, let me suggest something to you. If you're listening right now or watching, and if you do not get a negative reaction when you're exposed to artificial fragrances, that is a red flag that you've desensitized your sense of smell and your body has adapted in a negative, harmful way. That's not good. You want to trigger your sense of smell. You want to be sensitive. Our sense of smell as a people, as a group, as a human species has been dampened over the last 100, 200 years to the point where it doesn't even offer survival like it used to. We used to live off of our sense of smell. It's the first sensation. It's the first sense that develops in the embryo. It's what connects us to the primates. We don't have it anymore. People that just denied it. We don't need it. We don't need it. I think we do. It's not a life or death anymore, but it's a quality of life. And so I cannot even go down the cleaning aisle at the big box, Walmarts, Targets. I'll just, I can't do it. I can't handle it. You can regain that sensation and that sensitivity. And number one is reducing your exposure to it because really, truly, by the grace of God, we adapt. And I always like sharing the example of like right now, touch your clothing. You probably weren't thinking of your clothes five seconds ago before I mentioned it, but can you imagine feeling your clothes all day long, 24-7 without a break? You'd go crazy. Your sense of touch adapts to the fact that you have something touching to it. And the only time you really feel your clothes is when A, you put it on or them on, and then you make a motion or movement. And then it's like, okay, but your body adapts to it. It's not constant sensory overload. So how God designed us is that your body adapts to it. So you don't go nuts. You'll go literally crazy. You'll be a neurosis. And some people who do have oversensory issues, they go crazy. They can't handle it. That's where our body has adapted to the sense of smell. You will not smell your cologne five minutes after, two minutes after, even 15 seconds after sometimes putting it on. You adapt to it. It doesn't mean that the volatile organic compounds aren't being emitted because I will walk by you two hours later and I'll smell you. They're there, but you've adapted to it. So it is a real bad thing when we've adapted to chemicals. And these chemicals, truly, artificial fragrances are our public enemy number one. They've been linked to neurocognitive conditions, Alzheimer's, dementia, autoimmune conditions, cancer. Of course, you would think allergies and even learning disabilities like ADD. They are inflammatory triggers to the brain. Like you're directly, I don't want to get preachy here. I get a little excited. But if you're going to smell your Yankee candle and have your Bath and Body Works poo-poo spray and plug-in, you're smelling a chemical that is causing inflammation to your brain. And you wonder why are so many kids autistic today? We wonder why Alzheimer's and dementia are on the rise. I will tell you, I can guarantee you, artificial fragrances are a major contributing factor. And no one in the medical community, the research community, or anywhere else would ever argue that. 
So what do we do? Well, we limit those exposures and we could easily create an environment where we don't have those anymore. And I'll tell you, my wife and I were addicted to those chemicals and it's an addictive thing. People are addicted to their smell. Um, are, are you familiar with Stephen Azell, our friend who owns Truly Free? Okay, okay. This is a funny story. Stephen Azell, by the way, love the guy, close friend, has a wonderful non-toxic cleaning company. And of course, you can go to Dr. Ingalls' website and sure he got links to all kinds of different things to buy his stuff. But he is in the laundry soap business and he has a non-toxic version. And so great. He did a study, his own little study. He went to his local mall, shopping mall. And what he did was he got two towels, one towel, crystal clear white, absolutely clean, had zero smell or aroma to it. The other towel, what he did was he washed, he wiped his engine block. So it was the greasiest towel you could think of, but he doused it with a, uh, with smell like from a laundry detergent. So it smelled like laundry detergent. He went to the local mall and he asked people, which one's cleaner? This one or this one? Which one do you think people chose? I hate to find the answer, but probably the greasy one. Yeah, <laughs> greasy to the touch, smells like Tide. That was the cleaner one versus the crystal white. And it hit him. He goes, people are addicted to smell. And that's exactly what laundry companies do. They encapsulate the smell through an emulsifier and surfactant. You should not be able to smell your laundry detergent 10 days later from washing it. That's not good. That's a chemical that's encapsulated that you're putting on your body. And what happened to him was his baby boy for his son had horrible eczema. They couldn't figure out why or where or how. Well, they found out once they got to a non-toxic laundry and it cleaned up like almost overnight, it was because of the detergent and the chemicals and the fragrances. We need to get rid of that and be more addicted to plant-based smells and essential oils. And it's fun. The sky's the limit. And I'll tell you, Doc, people think I'm crazy, but I've been doing this long enough and I literally got the emails to prove it. People tell me, you know, Dr. Z, all I did, all I did was change my body care and cleaning products and I lost five pounds. Why? They're asking me why. You have less of a metabolic burden. Your body is not your metabolism now is not burdening, is not burdened with killing off and trying to metabolize toxic chemicals, and it could do what it's designed to do. It could start to metabolize food better. People don't realize that all the chemical overload, what's happening is monopolizing your metabolic function, so you can't even assimilate food the way that you should. So I, you'll find your body, you'll sleep better, you'll perform sexually better, you will think better everything becomes better just by reducing artificial fragrances from your life. It's a fact. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm always on my high perch again, telling patients to get rid of all these toxic chemicals. Uh, I mean, even my own family, I go to visit and there's Glade plugins and I walk in and I unplug it and they plug it back in and we play this <laughs> time. But, you know, I guess it's a good point. I mean, you understand these are toxins. I mean, these artificial smells, it's benzene and toluene, stuff that's in dry erase markers. I mean, this is horribly formaldehyde, you know, all goes to make these chemical smells. And 
you know, we all know the marketing geniuses behind, you know, all the big brands, you know, General Mills and all these people are trying to sell you something. Come on, you look at a, a bottle of Tide, it's summer breeze. Oh my gosh, I love a summer breeze. Why wouldn't I want my towels to smell like summer breeze? That's great. And like you said, you know, it's so attached to emotion that the minute we smell it, the minute we, I think even even see it, it takes us back to that, that childhood memory of whatever you were doing in summer with your buddies and gives us warm fuzzies. And boy, I, I want that every day. And the end result of that though, is that we've got a more toxic world where we're, we're so overburdened and, and our ability to get rid of this junk is compromised. So, you know, I guess the, the end of all this, you know, something like an essential oil, if you really feel like you need that, that sensory input in your home, Again, you can diffuse essential oils. You can make your own homemade potpourri that's natural. There's a lot of ways, if you really feel like you need that in your life, to do it in a way that's not harmful to your body. And let me add that you can create an environment into your in your home based off of the smells that are being permeating through your aromatherapy diffuser, your body carrier cleaning products. and Imagine having more control over your environment than what you may. It, going back to COVID and sheltering in place and lockdowns, why did people struggle with being stuck in their home? A lot of people. I didn't. I mean, I loved it. I mean, why? Because I created and my wife created an absolute oasis. I work from home. I never leave. Only when I want to play pickleball or go to church or I have a couple things to do. I like my home. Most people don't. And they were stir crazy. Of course, you get outside, you get walking around. Most people's homes are killing them. The EPA has proven our quality of air is two to three times more toxic inside than outside. Like you're breathing toxic air all day long. The environment, what are you looking at? What are you listening? Imagine having the control at your fingertips that you can create the environment that's happy. That's okay. It's time to rest. It's time to calm down. Imagine you being able to manipulate your emotions, your kids' emotions, your spouse's, your partner's emotions in a logical, legal, ethical way. By creating an environment based off of triggering certain neurotransmitters and hormones, and we call that aromatherapy. So when people come into our home, they'll oftentimes be like, I just feel better. I'm just happier. I just, you know, people like being in our home. Why? Because it's, it's a good place to be. And we always have something emitting out there in a good, healthy way. So you can have an energetic environment a good, healthy, like energy wise, like boost your energy. You can boost your mood when it's time to go to bed. If you want to have a lovemaking session, whatever, you have the ability to trigger the brain. And so that gives you a lot more power than what you may have thought. And that's a cool thing. It really is. It's like going back to the empowerment piece and how we've essentially been disempowered. We don't know how to make our food anymore. We'd grown food. We don't know how to make, I mean, I read a study that from a Medscape doctor who said 75 to 80% of all emergency room visits are completely useless and of which most people don't even know how to take care of basic sprains and cuts and bruises and things. And they run in the emergency room. And not only that, but most of them demand antibiotics for anything. Like imagine flipping the script where, you know, you can take care of yourself. Yes, that's empowering. 
But what about when you're not sick? What about we just want to enjoy your quality of life? That's the benefit. Like that's what we call the essential oil lifestyle. It's like it helps every aspect of your life feel better all day long. I don't have normal men's cologne. I use essential oils. I'm an absolute dopamine, serotonin, energy junkie. I love it. I love feeling good. Can you imagine? Can you imagine life? And I know people are there like they're just barely getting out of bed, barely have purpose, barely having any reason to live. I know people like that. That's horrible. I used to be that person 25 years ago. But I have a reason to live. I have things at my disposal that give me the energy and the motivation and the feel-good aspect of it. And no, I'm not like this all the time, every day. But I'll tell you something. Right here is kind of like my normal. Where I have higher notes, I have lower notes. But I'm like, imagine a life. And this is, I'll end with this because this is really cool. Imagine a life where crap hits the van where you hear some really, really, really bad news or something really bad happens to you. And that happens, that's life. But imagine that not knocking you out. Imagine that not taking you down for two weeks, three weeks, a year. Imagine you're like, wow, that's bad. That's tough. Let me get through this. And because you have this, this proactive essential oil lifestyle, we call it, your body's able to respond better. You're able to regroup, regroup quicker. Like we've had some really, really, really tough things and we've gone through some tough struggles the last year in a variety of ways, family, finances, health, whatever. And we're not knocked down and we get up really quick. And if we ever get the flu or COVID, we're back up in a couple of days. I know, I know a woman who's had COVID for three weeks. Like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. Nothing, no judgment against someone who's there, but there's a better way. And if you hear a traumatic or if you have a traumatic experience, or if something, you hear bad news, like a loved one or lost or your business folds, you will be at a better position where your lows aren't as low. Your highs may not be as highs and you have a normal like, hey, I could get through this kind of thing. And those are the little intangibles. Like, how do you put a value on that? There literally is no drug for that. There's nothing for that. It's just a higher quality of life based off of your body being able to respond and being more well-balanced. And these are the little intangibles that make this lifestyle so much better. Of course, our diet's on target. Of course, we like to exercise. And there's so much more. Again, you can't eat fast food every day and use essential oils. Like that doesn't work like this. This is a, that's why I'm talking on your podcast here, a holistic entire lifestyle. But I'm telling you, you have a lot more control over your environment, over how you feel, how you think, than maybe you might want, and maybe you've considered it in the past. Well, I think for everybody who's been tuning in, now you have a sense of how knowledgeable Dr. Z is in this area. And I know a lot of you are going to really want to dive into this because there's, there's so much information to learn. And one of the cool things that you do is that you offer a monthly webinar. And I'd like to have you share a little bit with that with the communities to invite them to that because I think people are really going to want to figure out how they can start implementing these essential oils into their life. So can you tell us about your webinar? Yeah, thank you. And thanks again for the opportunity to share. It's been fun. It's, it's uh, you know, when my life got changed, and just like anything, I, I freely I received, freely give, and my cup runs over with this information because I know what it's like to be in a place where I'm not healthy and I'm not strong and I don't know what to do. And to have that script flipped and be able to share that with people has really been a blessing and privilege for the last decade of doing this online. And um, I've taken the best of the best of my three best-selling books and my master classes and the things that I've done over the years. And I, I have a, a live web class and it's really cool because it gives me an opportunity to, to rub shoulders with people online and 
Last one, we had over 7,000 people sign up and 1,000 people were on live. And it was great being able to interact with people from all over the world. And the title, this is the sexy title, Could Essential Oils Really Change My Life and My Health? Absolutely. And I'm going to teach you how to learn advanced health applications and how to avoid the number one mistake people make when using essential oils. Plus, I stay on live as long as I need. And I'm oftentimes on for about two and a half, three hours answering questions and then giving you sneak peeks of all kinds of great little videos and things that I've taught over the years. So we'd love to have you there. It's, it's free. It's my service to you and your community and just the world in general. And it's something that's really been great for me to, again, interact with people and share the testimonies and the things that we've done over the years. And you're going to learn a lot. You're going to take, you're going to get a basis and you're going to get some good take-home notes. You're going to know what to do and then opportunities to take your experience and essential oil mastery to the next level. So I hope you can join me. Well, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And, and this is free. It's a service. Please take advantage of it. And the nice thing too is you do this every month. So if your schedule works out that you can't go on live on one month, then you, maybe you can catch it the next month. So again, I highly encourage everybody tuning in to take advantage of that. We'll drop the link in the show notes uh, where to find the next date that it's going to be available. But uh, Dr. Z, I'm just so grateful for you spending time with us today and sharing all this fantastic information. I think you give people a few little take-home notes that they can utilize today. You know, get your home non-toxic. Give us a great little blend to start using to prepare for the cold and flu season. And again, I'm just extremely appreciative of everything you've had to share with the audience today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for hosting. And Thank everyone for tuning in. And I just wish everyone a healthy, happy holiday, Merry Christmas season, and hopefully see you on my next web class. Thank you so much.